Friday, March 20th, is the famous Cameron UMC Trivia Night, where all proceeds go to help the Cameron UMC Mission Projects. But we need your help. We need snacks, like tortilla wrap-ups. We need snacks, like homemade treats. We need snacks, like popcorn. We need snacks like wheat thins. We need snacks like chocolate chip cookies. We need snacks like hot Cheetos and Takis. We need snacks like vegetables. So stop at the front desk in the entryway to grab information about signing up your trivia team. Also, you'll find the sign-up sheet for all the goodies that you would like to bring to help support this event. You know, things like meat and cheese trays, or fruit trays, or veggie trays. Mark your calendars for March 29th. We will have our youth fundraiser meal and pie auction immediately following Sunday service. More information is to come. Good morning. Wow, look, I see faces I haven't seen in a while. The snowbirds have come back. Um, so, so, um, so I need to make sure everybody fills out the attendance sheet, because I don't know, some of y'all have been gone for three months. I may not remember your name. Oh, you think? <laughs> Carolyn says, stop it. You know their name. Uh, please do be sure to fill out the attendance sheets, any joys or any uh, concerns, joys you have, put on the back and drop those in the offering plate during the time of offering. Um, and, and then um, as you get used to this new arrangement, um, go ahead and feel free to bring in sticky notes and put on your chairs so that, I'm kidding now, don't really do that. It's hard for me to know who's here because you're sitting in different places too. Let us be reminded um, why we've gathered here. Let us be reminded that we come in expectation and in anticipation of experiencing the presence of Christ anew and afresh. Let us come um, asking God to open up our hearts and our Mind, so that we might experience the presence of the Spirit in the depths of our being, so that we might continue to be shaped and formed um, into the person that God intends us to be. And so I invite us to stand as we celebrate Christ's presence among us.
Now I invite you to remain standing as we join our voices together in the Apostles' Creed. Please join with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us join our voices together as we sing, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. may be seated. I just invite us to be in an attitude of prayer. I'm going to invite you to 
uh, join together in a prayer of confession. And again, I remind us as we join in this prayer that as we, as we come to worship, part of worship is uh, taking the time to reflect on uh, how we've lived with Christ in this week and to be honest with ourselves and to offer up uh, prayers of where we have fallen short for the week. And so as we offer up this prayer, um, may this be one that comes from our hearts uh, and from the depths of our soul. Uh, may it be a prayer that we offer up uh, not to condemn ourselves or to beat ourselves up, uh, but to simply acknowledge the places where we have failed and invite God to continue to be with us and to forgive us. And so um, I invite you to join with me as we pray um, this prayer of confession. Loving God, too often we break your heart with the thoughtless and foolish choices we make. Rather than bringing healing, our words hurt those we love most. Rather than reflecting the fullness of your presence, our lives reveal the shallowness of our faith. Rather than being transformed by your spirit, our minds and hearts stubbornly remain unchanged. Rather than reaching out to serve others, we demand that our desires and needs be met. We long to see Jesus, yet we fail to recognize his presence in the people we encounter throughout the week. Come, Lord Jesus, forgive us, heal us, shape us, so we may engage and invite others to join us in the journey that leads to faith, hope, and love. And now I invite you to just in silence offer up your own prayers to God. Gracious God, hear our prayers. Touch us and heal us in those places of our brokenness. Give us hope where there is despair. Give us courage in those places where we are afraid. Most of all, show us how to love others in all that we do. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand and join our voices in living hope. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb in desperation. I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, 
Children, you may come forward. Good morning. Oh, come on. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. That's a little better. I don't know. I'm worried about y'all. Are y'all feeling okay? Okay. Do y'all know what you want to be when you grow up? Yeah? What what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah? Marine biologist. Marine biologist. All right. Good deal. So... You want to do what? Oh, an explorer slash scientist. Good. Yes? Or an, a marine biologist or an author. You could be both, actually. Yeah? Yes? You know what you want to be when you grow up? Yeah? Good. You want to share it with me or keep it a secret? Okay, you can keep it a secret. That's good. Yeah? A teacher. Okay. A doctor. Wow, okay. A psychiatrist. Can I come see you? Okay. My, my son wanted to become a neuroscience because he wanted to figure out what was wrong with me. So he has a permanent research job. Um, so um, you guys have ideas of what you want to be when you grow up, right? So like if you want to be a marine scientist, you're going to go and study history, right? No? That's not what you're going to study? Huh. What do you... Th- what do you think you'll study? Biology. Oh, so you think, you think maybe you'll actually study that then? Ah, I see how this works. Interesting. So, so when we know where we want to go, it shapes what we decide to do to get there, right? Isn't that right? So, so yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be, uh, um, you're not gonna be an electrician and go to engineering school, probably, right? You're not going to be um, you're not going to be a teacher um, and go study physics. Well, you might if you're going to be a physics teacher. You going to be a physics teacher? No. You have anything to do with that? Okay. Yes. You just want me to know you're there. He what? He just wants me to know he's there. That's good. So. That's good that some of you know what you want to be. Now, you may change your mind as you get older, and that's okay. Um, But uh, the reason I ask you that is um, it's also important for us to think who we want to be, not just in terms of our jobs, but who we want to be as a person. Okay? And, And there's a passage of Scripture... I think, if I can find it. That's right. 
All right, I'm going to find it here. I really am. I had it marked, but now I have... Um, okay. Um, here's God's purpose for us. So here's what Paul wrote to the church, okay? Another way to think about what we want to be as we get older and as we grow up. He says um, that, uh, the, that the purpose... Um, that his purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach unity of faith and knowledge. God's goal for us is that we become mature adults. That's good, right? Because we want to stay kids forever. And, and he defines that by saying to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. In other words, that we are called to grow up and be like Jesus in all that we do. Okay? So that should shape also how we do things, right? So I mean, like, can you be a teacher? Can you be a teacher and also be like Jesus? Yeah, right? You can do both of those things, right? Um, and you can be a marine biologist and be like Jesus, right? Okay? But if we're going to be like Jesus, just like if we're going to be a marine scientist or a teacher, there are some things that we need to do, right? Like worship and read scripture and just be connected to God and know who Jesus is and follow Jesus, right? So as you grow up um, and you become these wonderful uh, doctors and teachers and electricians and plumbers and whatever else, may you also always seek to be like Jesus in all that you do. All right? Can you do that for me? Okay? Yes, sir. Right? Can you give me a high five? Okay. Let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we just thank you for your presence among us. We just ask, Lord, that um, you continue to guide these children in all that they do, Lord. Um, may you um, be at work in the midst of uh, them maturing and, and uh, becoming the people that they want to be, not just in jobs, but also in their likeness to you. And may you also work in the lives of all of us in the congregation. In Christ's name, amen. All righty.
Well, as we journey through Lent, um, I think we're having a conversation about um, this journey of spiritual formation. Um, part of Lent is a time for us to um, reflect and to repent, to turn back to God, and to be renewed. But if we're going to be on this journey, this spiritual journey, this Christian life as we call it, it seems like to me it's good for us to know our destination, don't you think? I mean, like, if you were going to um, head out on a trip, it would be good to know where you were going, correct? I mean, if you wanted to go to Hamilton, you wouldn't uh, go south on 69, right? Unless you really wanted to take the scenic route. It's important to know where we are headed uh, so that we can create a roadmap of how to get there and we can do the things that, that will get us there. It's the same thing with uh, careers, yes? As the kids said and the different things, depending on what you want to be determines what you study and what schools you do and even determines what you begin to think about taking in high school. Yes, if you're going to be a science major, you're probably not going to take um, all of the history classes and not take any science classes. Yes? Why you'd want to be a history major? I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. My wife is a history major. She'll, she'll make me pay for that later. Um, I did, I, oh, that's another story. Don't, don't get off on a rabbit trail. Um, but it is important for us to think about where we're going, isn't it? It's important for us 
uh, to know where we're headed. And the same thing is true in, in our Christian life and in our spiritual journey. And in fact, I fear part of why we are where we are in the church. I mean, if you see survey after survey that is done by folks, it indicates that people in the church don't look a lot different than people outside the church. Now, that doesn't seem right, does it? I don't, maybe, maybe you think that seems right. I mean, to me, that doesn't seem right, that, uh, there, that there's no difference between people who are in church and people who don't even go to church. Now, I mean, that concerns me as to why that is. And part of me wonders, if, is it because uh, we just haven't thought um, deeply about our destination? It makes, me, it makes me wonder. And so I thought we would read a couple of passages. I'm going to read this passage from Ephesians uh, again. And I'm going to read from chapter uh, 3, verses 18 to 19, and then chapter 4, 12 to 16. And so I invite you to hear these words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. I ask... This, this is a, a part in the middle of a prayer, actually, that Paul was praying uh, for the church at Ephesus. A- and um, he gets to a point and he says, this is, this is what he's praying for this church. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. And then just a chapter later, um, he continues in verse 12, and he says, uh, he says this. His purpose, God's purpose, um, Paul's purpose was to equip God's people for the work of serving and building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of God's Son. God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of fullness of Christ. As a result, we aren't supposed to be infants any longer who can be tossed and blown around by every wind that comes from teaching with, de- with deceitful scheming and the tricks people play to deliberately mislead others. Instead, by speaking the truth with love, let's grow in every way into Christ, who is the head of the whole body. And then I want to read this passage from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. This is Jesus um, it, from John 15 through 17, we have this long discourse of Jesus as he's talking to the disciples and preparing them for the fact that he is going to go away, that he is going to, to die on the cross. And so uh, this is a prayer that Jesus is praying for his disciples. I'm not praying only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their word, because of the disciples' word. In other words, Jesus was not only praying for his apostles, he was praying for us. Think about that. He was praying for us. He was praying for everybody who would believe because of of what the the apostles um, taught. 
I pray they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they will also be in us so that the world will trust that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. I invite everyone with ears to hear to hear the word of God this day. Now, before, before I uh, unpack or talk about what, what, what I think we hear in that passage, I want us to think about what we don't hear in that passage, okay, in, in either of those passages. Do you notice that, that neither Paul nor Jesus say, the goal, I pray that they may all one day get to heaven. Do you hear that in that passage anywhere? And yet, I think so often in the church, we think that our destination is heaven. Now, now don't get me wrong. You're like, well, where do you think we're supposed to go, Pastor? We don't like the other choice. But see, we think that our goal, too often we act as if our goal is to get to heaven. And that shapes how we think we are supposed to live and to grow here, doesn't it? We come to believe, I think, too often that that means that we just need to know what the minimum requirements are. Yes? Just tell me what the minimum requirements are so I know that I'm in. Or, or better yet, can you give me a ticket? Can you give me a ticket that will guarantee that I'm there. The, the only problem with the ticket is I understand United Methodist tickets aren't as good as tickets from other denominations. Uh, some of them are like, uh, once you get them, you're okay. You don't have to worry about it. A and I think sometimes we get this mentality that we just want to get to a place where we know we're going to heaven, and, and then it doesn't matter what we do with the rest of life. We, we think that the goal is to get to heaven, to meet the minimum requirements so we can be sure that we get there and that we are able to go. But in reality, if we're honest with ourselves, if we begin to hear uh, passages and, and we begin to hear some sermons that, that talk about how all those people out there are going to hell because they're not in here, Right? We hear those messages, and somewhere in the back of our mind, we begin to wonder, well, I wonder if my ticket's really still good, or if it's expired, or if there's something else I need to do to get there. And it begins to shape, and we begin to think that, um, that the goal is, is some transaction that we need to make, so that we're assured that we will go to heaven. It also affects our evangelism if we think about it. I mean, if the goal of life is to get to heaven, the only thing we really have to tell other people is um, you need to come and be like us or else you won't be in heaven. As if all of life is simply about where we go when we die. 
Now, I don't know about you, but when I read in Genesis and it talks about God creating humanity, it didn't seem like he created humans so that what we do here on the earth is meaningless and that all we need to worry about is having a ticket to get to heaven. Now, notice another thing that Paul nor Jesus say in here. I think we make this mistake sometimes also. Of Paul nor Jesus did they say that the goal is to become a better person or a more moral person. Think about that one. Don't we oftentimes think that's what the Christian life is about? We kind of think, in fact, we often think in terms of, well, we get our ticket, um, we're sure to go into heaven, and then... Um, it's kind of optional whether or not we uh, attempt to be a more moral or a better person. But sometimes we think about the Christian life as just being a life where we become better or we become more moral. Where does that lead us if that's our focus? Then what we need, right, we need the list of do's and don'ts. Give me the list of do's and don'ts so I know if I'm moral, moving toward being a better person or not. And we seek to follow rules so often when we think it's all about morality. And then the other thing I think that happens is we read passages like the Sermon on the Mount and we think, oh my gosh, I can never accomplish that. And so then we begin to think, well, uh, I can look at my neighbors across the street, and I'm better than them, right? I'm better than them, and so maybe I'll make the cut. Maybe it's like in golf, you know, there's a, there's a cut. Uh, 200,000 get in, and everybody else is out of luck. As long as I make the cut, I'm good. But we begin to think that um, the Christian life is about becoming a better person, about making ourselves a better person. A and we get focused on this thing where we try to, to follow the rules or we try to be a, a, a better person or at the very least we try to be better than our neighbors. But in the back of our head, we're always concerned, am I really good enough? A -a am I really good enough? You see, the problem with both of these views is that we get more concerned about trying to manage our sin and our immorality. We get more concerned uh, about avoiding things rather than walking toward God. Do you hear in both Paul and in Jesus, do you hear the goal? The goal is maturity in Christ. The goal is to grow in Christ-likeness. And, and don't hear that wrong. Oftentimes when we hear that, we go back to the idea of morality when we think about growing in likeness to Christ. We think it's about Christ's behavior. But what is Jesus' prayer for his disciples? To grow in Christ-likeness is to be in communion with the triune God, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The goal of the Christian life 
is not just to get to heaven or to be a better person, but it is to live in communion with God here and now. You hear that beautiful prayer that Jesus had, not just for his disciples. He said, I'm praying this prayer for all who will believe because of the message that is shared throughout the generations. Jesus' hope was that those who would follow him, who would come after him, would discover this wonderful communion and union and intimate relationship with God. Here and now, not just at some point in the future. You see, both Paul and Jesus, I think, emphasize that the point of our Christian life and our spiritual formation is so that we enjoy the presence of God. We don't often think about that, do we? It's so that we might enjoy the presence of God and so that we might experience God's love for us. Because you see, until we experience that love that God has for us, we are never going to be changed into people who can love other people. And so both Paul and Jesus emphasize that the Christian life, that spiritual formation, it is about being united with God. And it is in being united with God and in communion with God that he begins to grow within us from the inside out this beautiful masterpiece that exists within us, this masterpiece that is capable of truly living and loving like Jesus. This masterpiece, when we allow it to bloom because we live in communion with God, other people see it. And they too trust in God and desire to participate in the same communion that we have experienced. Now, is that different than how we so often talk about spiritual formation? Rather than worrying about avoiding sin and all of those things, it encourages us to move toward God and toward love, and to trust that those other things will be taken care of. I assure you, this is a promise I'll make you. Um, I'm like 99.9% .9 sure of this. If you live in communion with God here and now, you'll live in communion with God in eternity. You think that's a true statement? I'm, I think I'm pretty safe on that one. If we live in communion with God here and now, we will be better people, will we not? But we don't get to heaven and we don't become better people by that being our destination. We arrive there by seeking to live in communion with God here and now.
And so I invite you to hear these words this day, to hear Paul's challenge, to hear, actually to hear Paul's prayer and Jesus' prayer for us. May that be our prayer for ourselves and for our neighbors. May we seek to be, a, be one with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in all that we do so that we might grow to be mature adults in the fullness of Christ. Amen. My ushers will come forward. Gracious God, may you receive these gifts, may you receive these givers, may your spirit be at work in both so that your love and your grace might be reflected 
and might overflow onto our neighbors and our community and the world. In Christ's name, amen. Now remain standing as we join our voices together and sing, Breathe on me, breath of God. Okay, Kobe needs some help moving chairs after service. Um, the um, Courts of Faith is today for um, youth in the community, and after that's over, they've been invited to come back here, and um, we thought it might be better if the chairs weren't here. Um, so they, does that make sense? So if you can help with that, that would be great. Um, let us go forth this day. Hearing Christ prayer for us, that we would know the depths of God's love, that we would live one with Christ, just as he lived with the Father when he walked here, so that we might know the joy and the fullness of life here and now. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to receive and to give God's love and grace. Amen. Amen.